the first nobility is that there is suffering. And I remember as a young kid feeling so grateful for someone acknowledging that things are hard, that there's suffering in life, that, it, that it's real. Because I grew up in a space where most people were telling me what I was thinking was happening wasn't happening and everything was just fine. And it wasn't fine. This is Here After, and I'm your host, Megan Devine, author of the best-selling book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay. This week on Hereafter, Zen teacher Koshin Paley Ellison joins me to talk about his new book, Untangled, and how the real work of spiritual practice is turning to face what hurts, not trying to rise above it. No spiritual bypassing in this episode, friends. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this first break. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Before we get started, one quick note. While we cover a lot of relational emotional territory in each and every episode, this show is not a substitute for skilled support with a licensed mental health provider or for professional supervision related to your work. Hey friends. Today's guest is an old friend of mine, an old friend from way back in season one of the podcast. He's back because he's got a new book out tomorrow called Untangled. Walking the Eightfold Path to Clarity, Courage, and Compassion. But I'll tell you the truth. A little secret. I have him back on the show because his presence is like medicine for me, personally. 
His words, his way of looking at the world, and his silliness, especially his silliness, I always feel somehow both calm and joyful after spending time with him, even when we talk about difficult or painful things. Koshin Paley Ellison is an author, a Zen teacher, and a Jungian psychotherapist who has devoted his life to the study and application of psychotherapy and Buddhism. Koshin co-founded the New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care with his husband, Chodo Robert Campbell. And Koshin's newest book is Untangled, Walking the Eightfold Path to Clarity, Courage, and Compassion, as I mentioned earlier. Now, it is not important that you know what the Eightfold Path is or what the Four Noble Truths are in order to get something beautiful and useful out of today's episode. But in a very brief nutshell, in case you want to know, think of the Four Noble Truths like a concise description of the human condition. Suffering exists. It has a cause. It has an end. And there is a path or a practice that will help you find the end to suffering. That path is called the middle way. Now, side note here, if you have read my book, it's okay that you're not okay. You might remember that there is a short little section on the teachings of the Buddha in my book where I talk about the middle way. So if you're like, I've heard this before, that might be it. The middle way introduces us to the noble eightfold path, which is what helps us find the cessation of suffering. It is not an eight-step plan to pretending that things don't suck. (laughs) The point of practice and the point of Koshin's new book is that if you can find your own roots, your own center inside difficult times, you can tend to your pain in ways that make it a lot less likely your pain will fester and cause more harm, aka suffering. That's going to all make a lot more sense when you listen to this week's show. So for now, just let that part wash over you. Now, a couple of content notes for today's episode. The real power of Koshin's work is that it's rooted in intense pain and suffering. He really knows intimately and personally the power of the tools he teaches. You'll hear him tell a very intense story of anti-Semitism in his childhood and how that experience affects him to this day. He does that so that he can talk about the ways that Buddhism has helped him engage with what happened to him in ways that make that memory easier to endure. So one content note, there is a graphic description of anti-Semitism in this episode. And two, a reminder that anti-Semitism is not a thing of the distant past. It is here, now, present, and growing. As you'll hear Koshin say in this episode, all violence has suffering at its root. All right, that's enough prep out of me. I hope you find so much to carry with you in this episode, friends. Koshin's joy shines through everything he does. And I'm so happy to share his wisdom and his presence with you here again. Hello, my friend. I am so glad to be back together with you for season two. And of course, we have been chatting before this, and I feel like we could get together for this show once a season for years and years and years and years and just sort of vaguely chat about everything forever. But this time, this time we are here to talk about your new book and why it matters in this moment, individually and collectively. So I want to hear about two things before we really get rolling. And I'm doing this because I know how conversations with you go. You say something and it reminds me of something else. And then before we know it, those horses have not only left the barn, but they are in Arkansas and we started in California. So two things that I wanna know from you before we get rolling. First, can you tell us about your new book? And second, 
can you give a little primer on the Buddhist Eightfold Path so that people know what we're referring to as we talk about it? So, first of all, it's really sweet to see you. And Thank you. Yeah, so the new book, Untangled, is really a book that I've been in some ways living for the last you know, couple of decades and really looking at how we can actually address the gap between what we all kind of know if we pause for a second and you say, well, what do I really value? What do I really care about? What are the things that I care about? What are the activities that are nourishing to me, the people, and actually what we're doing with our time? And so for me, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path are exactly the medicine to address that gap that we kind of all know. And I think it's a gap of anxiety. It's a gap of aversion from our discomfort for what feels hard. We don't want to do something that's hard. And to be with our grief, to be with our sadness, to be with our anger, to be with our greed, you know, we just fill in, you know, and cover over what is most important. And then we end up living our lives, or we can end up living our lives actually just always far away from what we most care about. And so, you know, the historical Buddha was so smart, and often he's thought of as the great physician. And as the great physician, one of the reasons why he's known as that is because he diagnosed the problem, which is that there's suffering, that there's tangled, that there's, you know, as my grandmother would say, Yiddish you know, like this, like this, it hurts. And we feel confused and overwhelmed and all of this stuff. And the first nobility is that there is suffering. And I remember as a young kid, feeling so grateful for someone acknowledging that things are hard, that there's suffering in life, that, are, that it's real. Because I grew up in a space where most people were telling me what I was thinking was happening wasn't happening, and everything was just fine. And it wasn't fine. So hearing that first nobility, in the nobility of suffering, that, that it's noble, you know, that we can actually sit in nobility and realizing, yes, I feel tangled up. And that there is something about honoring that, that I feel like a mess or I feel terrible. And the second nobility are these giants of what I think of as giants, because giants exist in pretty much any culture where they're kind of like the giant size of what we is normally, you know, smaller, which is greed and resentment and delusion. And, oh boy, and to really jump into it, that these are what cause the suffering, cause the tangle. And to me, they're to really honor, you know, to really see clearly with acuity, with a loving acuity of attention. And I feel like that's probably the most important is to really look at really carefully in a loving, tender way. Like, oh, I'm so greedy. I, you know, I know for much of my life, you know, I was holding on to this 
feeling of victimization. Like I was really sure because of the, you know, the different kinds of abuse that I experienced that it made me a victim, which in, on one hand I was, you know, those things happened. And what was extra is my greed of holding on to like, that's who I was when I realized like I had terrible things happen to me and many wonderful things, but I was kind of holding on to one side of that as an identity. So it's kind of a, mm. a different way of understanding greed. You know, sometimes yeah. we understand greed, which is also a cause of suffering, which is trying to get stuff in the world. You know, if my teacher thought I was a good person or if I got a car or an iPhone or whatever that is, you know, or people like me, that can be agreed to, like mm -hmm. the desire to be liked and all those different ways. And so, so greed is one of them, the causes of our suffering. And then resentment, holding on, holding on to like, that kind of anger there where we just like hold it and hold it and hold it. It just corrodes, corrodes away. And I know for me, you know, to have in my own experience, and this is one of the things that was really important for me in, in writing this is to really get into those spaces myself so that I could walk with you, the reader, to really say like, I have my experience and what is yours? And, you know, that feeling of resentment towards the people who had perpetrated against me. Like I really held on to this, like, and it became like a black bile, you know, like, a, mm. you know, just like, ugh. and really seeing that, just seeing like how we hold on to resentment and what it does to us. What does the greed do to us? You know, and the last one is delusion, where we kind of separate. We are delusive because we think that we're alone. To me, that's the fundamental delusion, is that we're alone. Mm. And, you know, for one of my favorite antidotes to that is just to look up and look around and realize that we're just part of the world. And it's our delusion that we're not. To me, the fundamental delusion of separateness is really like when we have the feeling of being alone and then turning it into a truth you know and how often instead of feeling our feelings and letting the feelings just flow like a river and we can sit on the bank and just watch all those thoughts and feelings flow around and learning how to see that instead of identifying oh that's who i am i am that feeling of alone I love that you started all of this with the acknowledgement of suffering. I also like, we're, we're probably going to pull out what you said about that first truth of the nobility of suffering, being able to look at the world and say, ouch, right? One of the things that irritates me about spiritual bypassing is that we take these intensely deep and beautiful and useful single, simple simple in air quotes here, simple teachings and twist them to our own 
nefarious devices, right? Like to be able to say like, yeah, 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 life is pain. You have to get over it. You have to move on. Um, That happened to you, but you can't let it define you. That is not what the Buddha taught, and that is not what the Eightfold Path is about. It is not about saying, yeah, 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 this terrible stuff happened to you, but you have to not hold on to it. You have to let go of your feelings about what happened to you. I feel like we could spend an entire lifetime just studying thing one, which is ouch, and giving space to letting things hurt and seeing our hurt in ourselves and seeing the hurt in the people around us and seeing the things that hurt in the world and giving that breathing space. And if we can't do that, it makes it really difficult to go into all of the things that you just described about noticing your feelings and getting untangled and working with resentment and looking at the ways that in a way painful things get weaponized whether by the the world outside not seeing you and not recognizing the truth of what you're living. And therefore we get sort of resentful of like, if you're not going to see me, then I'm going to make sure you see me, <laughs> right? Pain passed to the outside world or that sort of spiritual bypassing of it's not quote unquote enlightened to be in pain. You're supposed to use these tools to free yourself of it. And I am very Buddhist light <laughs> in my understanding of the teachings. This is something that uh, that I hear a lot from people, that they move away from anything spiritual or religious or meditation can cure cancer, all of these things, because we don't do that step number one. You're in pain and I see it. Yeah, it is to me the most important. It was also so interesting because I, when I was preparing to write this book, I started reading other texts about the Four Noble Truths, and usually the first three, you know, yes, you're saying the ouch or the tangle and the causes of suffering. You know, people tend to write like one chapter about that, and then they move into the rest of it as they pull path, which is kind of the prescription to heal. And for me, like, no, 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 like, you have to slow it down yeah. for it to be real. You know, I thought actually what you were going to say about the challenge of spiritual bypassing, I thought you were going to say the sp- challenge of spiritual bypassing is spiritual bypassing. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, that is, that is accurate. <laughs> Bypassing is bad because it's bypassing. Yes. Yeah. And I think that it's so important to honor what's hard. It's just critical because the reality is that life is sour and sweet and savory and everything. So how do we appreciate what's hard? Because we all know that life's hard. And that's what's also so interesting. And so another reason we need each other is to remind each other, oh, it's hard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You're in that hard spot. I feel like like you can watch somebody. If somebody is in pain and instead of cheering them up, telling them to look on the bright side, telling them that maybe they should get on their mat and meditate, like all of these things, if you do what you just described, which is mirror that back. Yeah, this sucks. This is hard. What happened to you was not okay. 
right? You can watch their physical being relax Mm -hmm. in a way, right? Like there is such powerful medicine and acknowledgement. What I hear you saying is like, we only get to use the tools to come to our own aid and our own assistance when we tell the truth. And it super helps to have that truth reflected and validated by the world around you. And then we can jump into all of these beautiful tools that you're talking about in untangling. Then we can talk about how do you how do you work with the pain and the suffering in your own life so that it doesn't fester and cause more harm? Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You've been listening to Hereafter, and I'm your host, Megan Devine. We're talking with Koshin Paley Ellison, author of the new book, Untangled. Let's get back to it. You know, I was thinking about, we have this contemplative medicine fellowship for Mm -hmm. physicians and nurse practitioners, and it's a year-long training because we were really just worried about doctors and nurse practitioners because they have the highest rates of suicide, the highest rates of divorce, drug and alcohol abuse, and leaving the profession. It's actually often thought of as the most unhealthy profession. And we realized that in order to engage them in a loving way, we had to start with the truth of suffering, right? And so we start right there. And it's like, okay, so let's talk about what's hard and what you're carrying inside of yourself, in your interpersonal relationships, and your life out in the world. And I think that 
it's such a beautiful model for all of us to think about, okay, what hurts? What's tangled up inside of me? What's tangled up in my interpersonal relationships? And what's tangled up in my relationship with the world? And what's topsy-turvy? You know, what is kind of a little cuckoo here? And to me, when we start to do that, you know, I was thinking about my teacher again, you, and he was talking about the most important thing is to suffer together first. So let's suffer together. And so to me, that's why those very powerful giants of greed and resentment and delusion are so important is like, oh, you too, mm-hmm. you too. Tell me about how those things affect you and I'll tell you how they affect me. And so we yeah. can get really real. Yeah, real and curious about each other, mm. right? Curious about pain in our own lives and the pain in others so that we can suffer together, mm-hmm. right? You only get that kind of companionship and connection when you can tell the truth about what it's like to be you. And the you that we don't often share with most people because we want to appear like we're okay. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a book that you wrote. Yes, it's okay that you're not okay. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is this is such a challenge, right? It's sort of chicken and the egg type thing. Mm-hmm. We pretend to be okay when we're not because we've internalized all of that messaging that says that happiness is the only true marker of health. And if you're suffering, you're doing it wrong. And also behavioral conditioning, right? If I come to the people in my life and I say, hey, this is really hard right now. And what I get back is not validation or acknowledgement. It's spiritual bypassing. It's you think you have it bad. My life is worse. (laughs) One of the things that I say often is like, if you keep going to the grocery store looking for milk and they insist on selling you furniture, you're going to stop going to that store because you're not going to get what you need. (laughs) Right. So it's tricky because I think I think because we have such a backlog of being able to to name the truth of suffering, it almost fuels the resentment that we're trying to untangle by using the tools of untangling resentment because it's like, oh, great, now I'm just supposed to like start being open and honest mm-hmm. and start dealing with my resentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can feel myself getting tangled up even just trying to express it, right? Like, whew. Right, because well, we think that there is, it's linear. Right? Yeah. But re- reality is not linear. Our brain sometimes wants to create a linear story. First do this, then do that, and then do that. Like many of us, you know, look for self-help books or different things where tell, tell me what to do to not feel often what I'm feeling. And to me, the courage comes from that clarity of oh, right, like I'm in a hard moment right now. And to realize we're just in that moment that's challenging, not in a reality that we can turn it into, like that's my reality, everything's hard, life sucks. And sometimes life does suck. But I think that the key part is sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah, it's it's interesting and and this is this is the effect that you have in the world. I will just say this like I just mentioned that like even talking about 
validation and resentment and all of these things, I could feel myself getting tangled. And in my head, I went, go back to step one. Go back to step one, which is, oh, right, this is hard. And that did something, right? I mean, it's amazing. Just telling the truth seems like it's too simple to be of any kind of use at all. But I feel like we're in such a habit of managing the feelings instead of naming the experience. And that that really is what this book is about, right? When you're noticing that tangle, that anxiety, that resentment, that frustration, and going back to step one, yeah. acknowledgement. Oh, oh, I'm in yeah. the nobility of things get oh. tangled up. I'm yeah. just, I'm back here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about you as a, a younger person, because I think that these conversations can get philosophical and esoteric really quickly. So there's a story in the book where you talk about being chased through the woods as a child. Are you okay if we talk about that story? Mm-hmm. Do you want to share that story? Yeah. So I think what's important about the story too is that what happened before the story and okay what happened is that there were these pictures that maybe some of us all remember of those refugees being kind of lassoed at the border and kind of hunted at the border like on horseback and the images were so haunting and so disturbing to me that i just felt such tenderness and such sorrow and fear just seeing these images and there was something about it i was like what is it about that image that is so scary to me and i was biking home on you know i live in a little island called manhattan and has these beautiful rivers all around it and i like to bike home at night and and i was biking home and you kind of have to go off into the wooded area and it was getting dark. And I suddenly, this memory just like shot through me and I literally fell off my bike. Like it just like literally hit me. And I just went, and I like fell off the bike. And what happened was that my mother and my stepfather had this kind of idea, romantic idea kind of a beautiful utopian idea of homesteading and living off the land and moving into a rural place and won't that be great and we'll raise our own food and whatever that is. So we moved to this tiny little town in uh, upstate New York and clearly they had never had Jews there and you know the first night they kind of circled our house and the four-wheelers and were shooting at the house and painted Jew on the mailbox and and I actually as I was I think 10 years old and I'd never been so terrified in my life and actually I didn't even know that I was I didn't really even understand that I was Jewish <laughs> like even what that meant because I felt like I looked like everybody else but it was clear I was not like everybody else so we lived in this kind of town where actually even in the public school it's so horrific, you know, and it, I think it's important, you know, that this is in New York State, upstate New York, and 
the teacher lifting me up by my hair and saying, show us your horns, Jew. And somehow, and I still can feel the pain of that, like the physical pain and the kind of humiliation of that. And I remember still feeling a sense of agency somehow going to the principal's office and saying, you know, this is what happens. And he's like, well, where are your horns? You know, so it was that kind of town, deeply racist place. And one of the places where I found a lot of solace as a young person, we had a lot of woods. And so I'd go off into the woods and find these big boulders and lay on the boulders and just try to, you know, often the boulders were covered in moss and just to be able to feel the ground and feel supported and comforted by the world. And just looking up at the canopy of trees and the light coming through the trees has always been so magical to me and continues to be just the kind of ephemeral, ephemeral beauty of the world. One afternoon, late afternoon, I'd gotten really far away from the house and pretty deep in the woods where there were these trails and that I heard the four-wheelers coming and they saw me and they're like, you know, died, Jew, died. And they had guns and they were shooting at me. So it's like being, I was actually being hunted. And even now, like, it's hard to even touch the feeling of it, you know. And so I'm even noticing while I'm saying it now, it's so hard to touch the depth of that terror. So it was getting dark and so the, the lights on their four-wheelers and their gunshots. And I just remember like jumping into like the side of the trail. I went around a corner and I thought I'd kind of be able to hide and landed in this blackberry bramble, which, you know, got completely cut up and, and just laid there, you know, a breath and heart beating. And that's all I really remember. And they passed and couldn't find me. And, but it was so, so powerful. And that's what I remember, the hunting. Like, I'd remember the hair pulling. I remember, you know, being our house being circled. But the hunting, being a, a human, being hunted by other humans. Like, I was a young boy. And what is that? You know, so when I fell off my bike, it's like, that's what I remembered. You know, the light kind of getting dark in the forest and being terrified. And they were my neighbors. I knew these people. So it really, you know, brought me back to, you know, I've come from, you know, family who were affected by the Holocaust and were actually most of my family who were killed were killed by their neighbors and how easily that can happen and how that almost happened to me well it did happen but i didn't get killed you know and so i think that there was also this like well what is that in someone that could do that they were probably like i don't know teenagers of some kind you know and if we think about compassion how does compassion include those people and yet hold people responsible so it makes me really feel really deeply for the challenge that we're met with. And for me, what has been so important for my own 
healing process is to really recognize and turn the light to where it isn't and saying, oh, right, this happened. It was real. It was terrifying. And in some ways, those wounds, my wounds, those wounds, are exactly what has propelled me into a life of healing and intimacy and the almost demand for that. And I learned from an early, early age that my body wouldn't necessarily continue, that my body could get killed. Like that, I knew that from a very young age. And so I think this, it has brought this like exquisite focus into the beauty of the world. And so I think sometimes, I think the, just the mythologist, Michael Meadrace talks about like these wounds and these like kind of almost like knife wounds to your heart at an early age can propel us into our life purpose. And so I'm also so glad that I was able to, you know, with lots of therapy, <laughs> a lot, but really a lot of therapy and with really good people having really meaningful friends and, you know, a steady meditation practice has been completely that kind of that combination of three things has been what has shifted things dramatically for me and really learning how to stay with what's hard and not turn away. And I, you know, it was two years later that I actually met my first teacher who was this guy, Sensei White. And Sensei White was, you know, I'd seen these, these movies came out, which now there's remakes and franchises about them, Star Wars and Karate Kid, the original ones. And I would just love these two, like the Karate Kid and Luke Skywalker were so whiny. And like, meh, meh, you know, they were so whiny. And it was so helpful to me because I realized like I felt so whiny. And there was something about the hero being able to whine, which kind of gets back to what you were saying before. Or that like incredible scene of when, I don't know if you saw this film called Spirited Away, where oh, it's genius. And there's this scene with this giant baby I love the giant baby so much. And there's just like this crazy giant baby. And she's like, like, you have to tend to that. You have to tend to our giant baby, you know, and love that baby, you know. And so I found this teacher, Sensei White, because I realized, oh, you could have a teacher who actually helps you to not whine. It never had registered to me. I just felt like I was kind of stuck. And I realized, oh, I have to find a teacher and oh, karate. So you can learn karate and find a teacher. And so I went to the local strip mall. <laughs> this is when after we moved back from that mountain town, you could say. And in the bottom of the drugstore was this karate school. It was like really gross, you know, like <laughs> really, <laughs> like definitely had a lot of fungus going on there. But there was this teacher, Sensei White, and he used to have a sit in Seiza, which is like when you have your legs underneath yourself, you're sitting almost like on your knees. And 
it was not like the kind of karate school where like there was like kids classes so i was like i was kind of the real super oddball at 11 years old which is another theme <laughs> but he used to walk around us and say that we would sit there like that and it hurts so much because now these days you know if you sit meditation you have a nice cushion you have a nice chair or whatever that is we lay down and this is like on a hardwood floor and he would and we'd be sweating and sitting there sweating 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 and he said you know you'll never be free until you can be still with your pain and coming from that town that also i began to see how you know people in my family how those kids on the four wheelers that none of them knew how to be still with their pain otherwise why would anyone cause so much harm like i couldn't articulate at that time but i remember feeling like i understood them somehow in not a very sophisticated way that i understood that they did not know how that their values and their actions were together because as we were talking about earlier they didn't know how to be with their tangled they didn't know how to be with their pain or never mind the causes of their pain they just like you know bounce bounce off their pain and just react 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 for these days people say get triggered trigger 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 mm -hmm. you know and as opposed to yes i feel pain and i can stay here with you yes it's true and i'm here with you to me learning how to be still with your pain is the beginning of intimacy and that may sound crazy but mm. for me it is totally true okay i've been just sitting here listening and thank you for sharing all of that i think what you just said about learning to be silent with your pain is i don't even remember what you said because it was so perfect but up about intimacy starting there, right? And this is something that we've been talking about from various entry points this whole time is that it is not that horrendous things don't happen. It's also not that horrendous things happen, yeah, but let's move on and not live there anymore. This is being here and being human is impossible and it is and, and full delicious. of pain and delicious. Yes, I'm getting there. Don't you worry. I'm okay. coming. I'm All coming right. for the joy and the beauty. But I, I think there's so much in what you just shared. And so much of it is loss of intimacy, loss of connection, feeling like you're the only one in the world, pain getting passed down and passed down and passed down, and reactivity time being so fast that you don't even recognize that you are in pain and that is driving your actions and your reactions. And so much of our real spiritual traditions are about slow the fuck down and say ouch and sit with that and tell the truth about that and learn to be silent with that pain mm. so that you can wonder how do i want to move in this world living what i just lived and so much of your work and the zen center's work and all of the things that you do and all of your books 
this one especially really dives right into it of ouch and how will we live with that so that the pain does not eclipse every other experience moving forward yes the joy the beauty and the intimacy mm-hmm. it's not about mm-hmm. deal with your pain so you can put it behind you it is listen to your pain so that you get to have some agency and some choice in how that lives in you mm-hmm. yes you know i think that you know i still have scars from that moment of being hunted and and i think i'm glad that i do you know and that to me it's also part of like i can see it on my body you know like there it is that it's real and i think that so much of our negation of what's happened is what causes more suffering and so to me it's like yes that happened and it is what's propelled me towards healing and so like that I, i'm just loving this conversation first of all and being with you and that's why those first two noble truths are they deserve that nobility of attention and really feeling them so that we can go to the actually you asked about the whole path so but for me it's actually the third one nobility is that there's another way to do it you can pivot but it's not to deny the pivot is not a denial or a turning away from it's because you have suffered and know what it is to feel almost impossible things it's because of that you can actually turn in a whole bodied way towards well what else is true because i know what's hard i can actually see you more clearly and i can really appreciate the preciousness of this moment like i can see your eyes right now and how rarely we actually are paying attention and so like from there then we can go into the nobility of yes there are these practices yes there are and the full path is really built on wisdom compassion and ethics like yes and because we're not again turning away from anything we're saying what we go through and live in this life is what makes us wise is what teaches us compassion is what teaches us our own ethics what our ethics actually are how to live an ethical life you know recently we were with uh <laughs> with our friend Tarani and she has this incredible ranch and in New Mexico and they just have these crazy fires and eating up everything but not everything and part of the land that she stewards there has this great great cedar tree and the cedar tree is totally singed by the fire and yet so alive on the top you know and so alive throughout 
And she was saying that, you know, they, the tree is so deep, its roots are so deep that it stays moist and the fire can't really burn it and singe it. And so to me, the Eightfold Path are actually just living, you know, you could say just living with wisdom, compassion, ethics is allowing that depth and that verticality where we can feel the depth of the darkness and the height of spirit and air and possibility. And so I think that that kind of verticality is always available to all of us. And so it's this such a gorgeous image of allowing ourselves to go deep into what's hard, into what's confusing, into what is inconceivable, so that we can actually grow strong. And to me, that's what courage is, you know, to feel like, oh, this is scary and let's go. Ooh, this is hard and let's go. Giddy up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, so this phrase just popped into my head, and you know, like pop psychology meme sort of thing, but like the life you long for is on the other side of fear. Now, I am not a fan of lifestyle edicts by meme, but that's what came up in my mind as you were talking about that and and again it's not it's not a binary and it's not linear it's not 
you dive into really witnessing and paying attention to your pain or somebody else's pain or the pain of the world so that you can live a great life. Like this, that binary is trash and that is not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is we all intrinsically as social creatures, as mammals, we need each other to survive. And in order to feel companioned inside the impossible things that we live and feel companioned in joy. This practice that you talk about in the book that you live in your life that you've created in the in the world for the the people who are fortunate to be near you. This is one of the tools by which you can build that kind of life where all is welcome. And if not welcome, all is seen. Yeah, there's this yeah. image that when, when you're talking, it just really reminds me of this other image I've always enjoyed so much. There's this text called the Lotus Sutra, which sounds promising. And, <laughs> and the beginning of it, it's this, you know, the, this assembly, this great assembly where the Buddha is, you know, hanging out there about to give a talk. And the, the whole chapter, the whole first chapter is describing all the people who are there. And there's demons and snakes and, and you know, monks and the usual suspects, you know, monks, nuns and gods and all kinds of magical creatures. But there's also demons and snakes and fighting people and all kinds of people. So it's like that welcoming of this kind of canopy of reality. And to me, like, that's an easy thing to say. And to me, that's why we need good spiritual friends, why we're living actually in a sort of extraordinary time where we can actually be in community virtually and online. And so like we can actually, there's less barriers now than ever before to actually connecting. You know? And I know many people who have you know, been part of the Zen Center in the last couple of years are just become very connected and they live in the mountains of the Dominican Republic and South Africa and all these different places and they really feel a sense of belonging. So I think we need community in order to remind us, yes, it's about inviting it all in, which is an easy thing to say, but it's like when it gets hard, sometimes having someone to call like, oh, I'm having a really hard moment. I'm all tangled, ouch. Yeah, And we can say, come on, we can do this together. We can suffer together and open it up again. Yeah, and this, this sort of radical acknowledgement of reality is how we build connection. And it is also how we build the world that we want, right? Where young people don't have to suffer the things that you suffer, anyone does and also we start you know the, there's a um there's another episode during this season and i don't remember which one but there's something where i say that heard people hear people which is sort of a play on that hurt people hurt people right like in that practice of hearing and listening and seeing it gives it, seeing our own our own pain and saying ouch and what do i need in this moment right 
that opens up the capacity and the ability to do that for others, which is not the same as excusing people for their crap behavior, but that's a conversation for a different day. But really, you know, one of the things that you talk about in the book that I just want to touch on really briefly here is that epidemic of loneliness. And so much of what you and I have been talking about today and so much of what is in your new book is about the antidote to that loneliness. And the antidote to loneliness, this is this is not the bumper sticker we want it to be, but the antidote to loneliness is acknowledging the reality of pain, right? Like, ooh, Megan is such a downer. But discarding all of those things that we've internalized and learned and promoted to the world that the only way you're going to be liked, the only way you're going to be connected is if you're happy and you rise above anything bad that's ever happened to you, like all of that resilience porn and all of that stuff. But like, no, actually, real connection is in the mess of life, the beauty, the joy, the moments, the hardships, the suffering. That is where love comes from. My greatest teacher about love is my grandmother. And, you know, she, I can't remember if we shared this story the last time we were together, but right before she was dying, she said, you know, she woke me up in the night. I was sleeping with her in the hospice and she woke me up and she was crying, crying. And she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, what are you sorry about? Because I never felt so loved by someone. She said, I just realized that there's part of me that withdrew from you because I didn't understand that whole Zen thing. And I feel so sorry about it because now I'm just realizing to love someone is to love all the parts of them, not just the parts that I understand, but it's their complexity that makes them who they are. I love that. I had to bite my tongue because you said that. She's like, I didn't get the whole Zen thing. I'm like, wait a minute, you totally get the whole Zen thing. I know, of course you did. Because <laughs> the, yeah. the next morning is when she said, you know, I often tell a story because it's just so amazing. And she's like, you know, there is something to the Zen thing. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. And she said, <laughs> you and Jodo, who is my husband, you know, you guys should start some kind of nonprofit organization teach people about the zen and teach people how to care for people and that's what we're doing i did not know that origin story it was mimi schwartz a hungarian immigrant she's the true founder wow yeah that's really cool i absolutely love that thank you mimi schwartz okay i'm gonna ask you the question that i'm asking everybody during this season, knowing that we're coming up on time, but you and I do this and I'm here for it. Okay, so knowing what you know, knowing what you've lived through, what you've seen, not just in your own personal history, but in the work that you do with contemplative care and end of life and working with medical providers and being a partner and you know all of the things, knowing what you know and being who you are, what does hope look like for you in this moment at this time? For me, hope is actually not so great. And so actually I write about this in the book and where I, <laughs> you know, Pandora's baskets, you know, we thought of a 
I mean, think of them now as Pandora's box, but back in the day, they were baskets. And there was one about all the blessings and one was all the curses on humankind. And like most people, you get curious. And she opened up the basket and all the greed, anger, and ignorance came out and jealousy and envy. And just as she was putting the lid back on, hope jumped down. And so I've always thought a lot about that because I remember as a young person, I was so into Greek mythology. And for me, hope is kind of wishing things were different. And so I think it's so tricky. And for me, as a human, I don't find it very helpful. Like I wished how it was different. You know, I hope it will change. I hope fill in the blank. And I'm much more interested in how are things and what do I care about and how do I nourish those things so that they can move into a new life, you know, and I'm, I'm so much more interested in how, you know, the great Toni Morrison, beloved Toni Morrison said, you know, why is too hard to take refuge in how it's like, I'm much more interested in how we actually get really connected to our values and what we care about and how we nourish them so that we can be more ourselves and other people can be more themselves and that we can do the healing work that we can do in this life. That might be my favorite definition of hope so far. I have grammatical and, and etymological issues with the actual word hope, but you know, you just brought up something that I hadn't thought about before is that hope is not now. Hope is future. Hope is for something, as you said, that things are different. But that aspect of you're living in the future when you're hoping and what is important is right now. I really dig that. I am definitely taking that one with me forward from this conversation. Oh. I know we we rock. It's all man. it's all it's all like, yours, Megan. Thank you. Take thank it away. You. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. And you know, after we come back from the last break, obviously, I'm going to have some words to say about it because that's what we do here. I I close up with my beloved guests, and then we go to break, and then I come back and I talk about. Whoa, that was amazing, wasn't it? So that's what's going to happen next. Mm. And. Mm. We're going to link to you and the Zen Center and your books and all of the things in the show notes. And as we close up here, what do you want people to know as sort of a, a parting message for this episode, but also like, where can we find you? Where should they interact with you? All of those things. So our center call, is called the New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care. And the website is zencare.org. So keeping with Mimi Schwartz's memory, bringing those two things together. And my own Instagram is Koshin Paley Ellison. And we have lots of opportunities for people to practice with us. We have a 90-day practice period that begins in, actually in January. And that's an opportunity to really dig into and build a practice of meditation. And with we have a 16 beautiful teachers and it's just really gorgeous and two things that i always like to share one is called foundations of contemplative care 
So it's a nine month training for anyone who's interested in that gap. And how do I bring my practice, my spiritual practice of some kind or build a spiritual practice and learn how to serve and be intimate. And so that's available for anybody. And for nurse practitioners and physician assistants and, and physicians, we have this gorgeous uh, year long contemplative medicine fellowship that with some of the some gorgeous faculty and really meaningful work to do. And so those are some things that could be helpful. And the book again? And the new book is called Untangled, Walking the Eightfold Path to Clarity, Courage, and Compassion. Yeah, get that book. Everybody find it wherever you get your books. And I'm also going to link in the show notes during season one, Koshin and Chodu came on and talked about their Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Love, I just totally love. had a complete. Yeah. They came on and talked about love. No, no, no. The, the, <laughs> the contemplative care training program for healthcare providers. We talked about that at length during our season one episode. So we will link to that. All right, everybody, I'm going to close up our conversation here and we'll be right back after this break. Obviously you're going to hear about the things I'm carrying with me and the things I would love to hear that you took from this episode. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, before we get to your questions to carry with you, I want to tell you about a new clinical training starting this December 2022. If you've ever felt like a deer in the headlights when a client or a patient starts talking about grief or some other intense, immovable experience, well... 
One, you are definitely not alone in feeling like you have no idea how to respond. And two, this intensive training will give you the skills you need to support people when their life goes horribly wrong, whether that's in big ways or in small, everyday difficulties. All of the information is at megandevine.co. Registration is open right now and class size is limited. Really for real, it's limited. That's not just like marketing talk. If you want in, check it out now, megandevine.co. Each week, I leave you with some questions to carry with you until we meet again. Now, this season has a running theme, and it's more obvious in some episodes than others. This season is all about hope, finding it, losing it, redefining it, and fighting for it in these weird personal and collective times. So you know what really struck me in my talk with Koshin is one, like how often we look to spiritual tools to somehow lift us out of the pain we're in and how spiritual practices are often weaponized, right? Like if you just meditate more, everything will be fine. What I love about Koshin is that he does give you a way forward. He does help you reduce your suffering, but he never asks you to pretend that things don't hurt. I also really, really liked what he said about hope at the end there, that he, he has an issue with hope. I mean, first of all, there's a reason we're friends. We both have issues with the word hope. But I love that he said hope is always a future issue and he's more interested in right now. I love that. What parts of the conversation today made you see things in a different way or just feel a tiny bit better in the moment that you're in? Everybody's going to take something different from today's show, but I do hope you found something to hold on to. There are lots of ways to open these conversations on everyday grief and how we survive the things that happen to us. And we definitely want to hear from you on all of these things. What are you holding on to right now? Check out Refuge and Grief on Instagram or Here After Pod on TikTok to see video clips from the show and leave your thoughts in the comments on those posts. That's a really great way to let me know what you're thinking. Also, be sure to tag me in your conversation starting posts on your own social accounts. Use the hashtag Here After Pod on all the platforms. That's how we can find you by using the search feature. We love to see where the show takes you. If you want to tell us how today's show felt for you, or you have a request or a question for upcoming explorations of difficult things, give us a call at 323-643-3768 and leave a voicemail. If you missed it, you can find the number in the show notes or visit megandivine.co. If you'd rather send an email, you can do that too, right from the website megandivine.co. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. This show, this world needs your voice. Together we can make things better, even when they can't be made right. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Share the show with your friends and your colleagues. These are the conversations that so many of us long for in our daily lives and just don't always have the opportunity to have them. Sharing the show makes it just that much easier to have that kind of connection. Thanks, friends. Want more hereafter? Grief education doesn't just belong to end-of-life issues. As my dad says, daily life is full of everyday grief that we don't call grief. Learning how to talk about all of that without cliches or platitudes or simplistic dismissive statements is an important skill for everyone, especially if you're in any of the helping professions. Helping profession providers, I have got a six-month intensive training program open right now 
If you're feeling like you could use some skills helping people with impossible things, <laughs> the training begins in December 2022, but we've only got room for 48 people this time. And I know that a lot of those spots are already gone. So sign up now. You'll find all of the information about that training, plus my best-selling book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay, at megandevine.co. Hereafter with Megan Devine is written and produced by me, Megan Devine. Executive producer is Amy Brown, co-produced by Elizabeth Fazio, logistical and social media support by Micah, edited by Houston Tilly, and music provided by Wavecrush. Background noise today, provided by the Leaf Blowers. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.